This episode of Turns Out I'm Into It is brought to you by the Harley Rabbit Audio Playhouse, a virtual club specialising in kink and BDSM audio fantasies. These aren't audiobooks. They're immersive audio experiences that put you in the story, allowing you to explore your deepest and darkest fantasies, all within the privacy of your own headphones. Specialising in consensual non-consent play and other forms of sexual power play, these stories aren't for the faint-hearted. But if you're curious, follow the Harley Rabbit to harleyrabbit.com. Right now, we are offering listeners of this podcast a 25% discount on a fantasy of your choice. Use the code INTUIT23 at the checkout and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hello, hello there. This is Harley Rabbit and welcome to another episode of Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what it means to fly your freak flag. Now, I came across this term recently in Adam Savage's autobiography, Every Tool's a Hammer, which I will talk more about in a moment. But this term, flying your freak flag, really resonated for me. It's about being proud of what you're into, no matter how weird or strange it might be, to the point that you feel confident enough to share that side of yourself with other people. Now, there's a lot of stigma around kink and BDSM, and that can make it pretty hard to accept these parts of yourself. So that's what I want to talk about today to really dive into this topic of self-acceptance in kinksters. So let's jump in. Okay, so I mentioned that this whole concept of flying your freak flag, um, I came across in Adam Savage's autobiography. Most people know Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Uh, It was a pretty popular show in the early 2000s, I think. Um, But Adam is also a, he has an amazing YouTube channel called Tested. He's an incredible cosplayer and maker um, and such a humble and creative human being. And I absolutely love listening to him, which is why I've been um, listening to his book recently. I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, if anyone wants to read it. Weird side note before we get started. Um, Adam Savage is one of those people that I find really attractive, but I don't understand why. Do you know what I mean? Um, A friend of mine mentioned to me uh, recently that she had one of these like unconventional crushes on um, the guy from the English Grand Designs. And I mean, I I don't see it (laughs) when I look at him, but I totally respect that. Like sometimes there are people that just have something about them that that you find really attractive and you can't explain it. so let us know if you have a unconventional celebrity crush and who it is. Uh, I think that might be really fun to discuss on this show. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Um, I was listening to Adam's book and he, I think this was in the opening chapter even, he was discussing how um, he has this deep passion for cosplay. Um, but cosplay 
isn't really super cool. And it took him a long time to be able to share that side of himself with his friends and with anyone else, really. He said that the only time he really got to express his love of cosplay um, while he was in uh, high school was on Halloween. He tells this really beautiful story about when he first showed this side of himself to the Mythbusters crew. Um, And I'm just going to paraphrase here because it is quite a, uh, it's a lovely long story. um, And I really encourage you guys to read the book if you're interested. Um, But basically they were doing an episode about the myth was um, whether or not you could safely jump out of a building and land in a dumpster. And this is something that you see, it's like a real action movie trope, right? Um, So they were wanting to film that. And Adam thought it would be really fun if he could dress up as an action hero to do this scene. And the the coolest action hero he could think of at the time was Neo from The Matrix. Now, if you've seen The Matrix, you know that it is an epic outfit, right? Like that you've got the long coat, the uh, Oakley sunnies, the big boots. Very cool. So Adam got to work on this costume, putting together this costume, and he hadn't told anyone in the Mythbusters crew that this is what he wanted to do. And when shooting day came around, he went to get his cosplay out of his car. He got dressed. He was feeling super baller, super awesome. And he rocks up into the studio and sees that the whole crew are looking at him and snickering. And he describes this moment as if if this had happened in high school, it would have been like a slow motion nightmare, right? But as an adult with a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more confidence, he realized that the people in this crew, he's known forever. They're basically family by now. And they weren't laughing at him. They were actually just laughing at how into it he was. They were thinking, oh my God, Adam, of course you've taken it to this level. This is freaking awesome. They're laughing with a kind of love, right? And I think this is an interesting point that sometimes we feel, well, we often feel by that by expressing these parts of ourselves, these vulnerabilities, um, that people are going to judge us for it. But actually what often happens is the complete opposite. Instead of judging us, people really respect us for stepping up and showing these vulnerabilities, usually because they have their own secret passions that they wish they could share with other people and they are feeling inspired by your courage we all have um adam calls these secret thrills we all have these secret passions and loves that we just really desperately want to show and share with other people but in doing that in sharing that there is um we are setting ourselves up for potential rejection and that creates this real sense of vulnerability. So it's not an easy thing to do. Now, for Adam, sharing his secret love of cosplay with the Mythbusters crew was a really wonderful moment. However, I am not suggesting that you rock up at work and suddenly decide to share your kinky side with your coworkers. That probably won't go down too well and might actually be a crime of some description. But what you can do is 
learn to share this side of yourself with your intimate partner or partners. This is something that I struggled with for a very long time. I had all of these secret fantasies and kinks that I kept hidden from my partners. And the result of that was sex was just never that exciting for me because I didn't feel comfortable asking for what I wanted. And that created problems in my relationships, in my sex life. So one example I can think of is there was a night um, I was with an, an old boyfriend. We were at his house. Um, his housemates were out for the evening. So we actually had the whole place to ourselves, which was fun. Um, meant there was you know, a whole bunch of rooms to explore. Um, and we were having a few drinks in the kitchen and I had this fantasy of him having a few too many drinks and getting a bit rough with me, getting a bit forcey and me fighting back and then him pushing me over the, bending me over the kitchen counter. That was the fantasy that was playing in my head. And I really wanted to try role playing this, but I just didn't have the confidence to ask him or to talk to him about it. And I think the biggest reason why I didn't have that confidence at the time was because a big part of me felt like these fantasies were wrong or shameful. You know, I felt like I was fantasizing about abuse and that wasn't okay. How can I ask him to role play something like that? You know, what would he think of me? And it wasn't until years later that I began researching these kinks and learning about them and discovering how common they are and that no definitely just because I have this rape fantasy it does not mean that I want to be raped in real life there's nothing wrong with me and I I like to use the analogy of violent movies I mean that we most of us love to watch a good violent movie um you know I'm a huge fan of the boys which is pretty messed up Um, but just because we enjoy those fantasies doesn't mean that we want to experience violence in real life or that we want to be violent in real life and sexual fantasies are no different. So now that I've really accepted that side of myself, it's much easier to communicate that with a partner. I don't fear them judging me so much because I'm not judging me. Does that make sense? So whatever it is that you're into, you've got to first figure out how to accept that part of yourself. And once you can do that, it becomes much easier to share that with a partner. Looking back on my life, I can think of so many examples of where this kind of shame that I was carrying around my kinks really held me back in my sex life and in my relationships Because if you're constantly having to hide a a part of yourself, particularly out of shame, then you're never really being truly honest and you can never really achieve that true intimacy with a partner. Because part of you doesn't trust them. Part of you is worried that they're going to judge you. This took me a long time to work out. In fact, for a lot of years, I just thought that sex was kind of boring and I wasn't really that into it, um, which is hilarious to me now because sex is now my favorite part of my life. But 
that was not always the case. I remember being so done with sex that I just stopped trying altogether. I thought, I've got a great imagination and I've got toys at home. So why do I need to go through all this effort of dating, of putting myself out there just so I can have really mediocre, boring sex? It's just not worth it. That's how I felt for a very long time to the point where I actually started labeling myself. I thought maybe I'm asexual because, you know, I I enjoy having sexual experiences on my own, but I don't enjoy them with other people. For me, the problem was not that I didn't enjoy sex. It was I wasn't having the right sex. And the reason why I wasn't having the right sex was because I didn't know how to ask for it. And that ultimately came down to a lack of self-acceptance. I hadn't accepted my kinky self, so I wasn't able to have those kinky experiences that I needed to enjoy sex. I mentioned at the start of this episode that a big part of what helped me through that self-acceptance journey uh, was researching and understanding my kinks, understanding that they weren't weird, they weren't shameful, and it was okay to feel like to have those feelings and desires. That made a world of difference. The other thing that made a huge difference for me was finding the right people, the people who I could fly my freak flag in front of. To talk about that, I've got one more story that I'd love to share with you on this episode. Um, and this is the story of my Slade and I's first real kink party that we went to. Um, and this was a Halloween party a couple of years ago. And we'd never been to a kink event before. We didn't really know anyone. I think we knew maybe one person who was going to be there. And understandably, we were extremely nervous. We had no idea what we were about to walk into. To make matters even more confronting, I had decided in my infinite wisdom that my Halloween costume was basically going to be me dressed as a bunny rabbit, but pretty much just wearing a, a, a bra and underbust corset and my undies. Um, and I think I had some very short shorts on. But this whole idea of rocking up to a stranger's house in my bra and knickers effectively was completely terrifying. Slade and I parked the car, we looked at each other and we thought, all right, let's do this. And holding hands for moral support, we walked up to the front door and hit the doorbell. We were greeted by a man in full costume, dressed as Beetlejuice. Um, and he was so lovely. He immediately made us feel so welcome. He introduced himself. He introduced us to a few of the other people at the party. And Slade and I started to relax. We thought, all right, hard part's over. We're in the right place. We've got this. As the night went on, a lot of people were hanging out in the backyard, having a few drinks, and we were just chatting happily with other kinksters, feeling quite good, feeling quite comfortable. Um, And Slade and I got a bit uh, playful, and he loves to give me a little bit of a spank here and there. And sometimes we just forget that we're in public. Um, Anyway, at this party, he just naturally went and gave me a a slap on on the bum, pretty hard um, as he often does and knows that I'm into that. 
but it was quite loud and suddenly everyone at the party went quiet and turned and looked at us and we were thinking oh my god have we crossed some sort of line here have we offended people this is not usually how you should behave in public so maybe we're about to get in trouble and then in that few seconds of silence which felt like an eternity you just hear this voice from the back somewhere keep going we want to watch so they'd all turned around because they were thinking oh got some kinky action happening over here let's let's watch and enjoy the show and that's what kink parties can be like we're all kinky we all love this stuff and it is it feels like a real privilege to be able to witness other couples or other partners having some kinky play so once we realized that everyone was into it and comfortable with it uh i think slade bent me over and gave me quite a few more slaps on the bum and everyone enjoyed watching and i realized that i'm definitely i definitely have an exhibitionist side because i really enjoyed that um and ultimately i just felt like i'd found my people i could finally fly my freak flag and be proud of it too. That felt really good. After so many years of hiding and feeling shame, here I was at a party full of strangers who totally accepted this side of me and who felt honored that I was willing to share it with them. The point that I'm trying to get to here is that this journey in kink, yes, it's about accepting these parts of ourselves. But in doing that, in fully accepting and embracing our kinky selves, our secret thrills, we're actually then opening ourselves up to be able to share them with other people. And when that happens, you create real trust and real intimacy and real connection. And it becomes this really positive feedback loop where you're realizing all these things that you've been hiding for so long are actually okay and people aren't judging you in fact they actually love this side of you does that make sense i know this might sound like a long way off to a lot of listeners but once again i've only really embraced this journey in the last two years and i've gone from almost giving up on this side of myself like completely repressing it and deciding that it's not for me i've gone from that to living a kink lifestyle with a beautiful partner and an amazing community. So if you're on this journey and you want this for you, it's 100% possible, but just take it in baby steps. You've got time, there's no rush. All right, I think I've been talking long enough now, so I'm gonna leave it there. Um, As always, if you've got any questions at all or any stories you could share that are relevant to this topic, please, message me, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Till next time, as always, play safe, have fun, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it, into it, into it, into it, into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you have any questions or stories you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, all one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening and I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink. I'm into it.